that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. It's myself, Dean Ryan, in the towers of bookmakers.co.uk. And as always, uh, well, you know, let's let's be honest, a man taking the Twitter sphere by storm with his latest piece on bookmakers.co.uk. It is Dermot Nolan. Dermot Nolan, how are you? Hello, Dean. All is good. How are you? Yeah, you don't write often enough, Demo, you know that. <laughs> yeah, it seems like that, but like my next piece now will just get about six readers, you know. As in it, it, it was a fairly hot topic issue, but uh, yeah, I had strong emotions all week about it, Dean, and it's, uh, we'll, we can discuss it a bit more now in a little while. Yeah, sure, and anyone, I mean, we're going to discuss uh, bits and pieces around it, of course. Um, check it out on the website. Uh, also, this week, Kean Kirby is back. Kean, how are you? Doing good, thanks, Dean. Um, as you can tell by my voice, I'm a bit blocked up, so it's uh, definitely a case of Storm Barrow one, myself nil. So um, <laughs> looking losing forward to getting revenge. Yeah, losing already, so might get revenge in oh, it next time. Hopefully, COVID one, uh, key nil, please. God. Yeah, I'm, I'm avoiding that one, thank God. <laughs> See, if you don't get tested, you don't know. Yeah, so just two weeks, just so. two weeks, don't go anywhere, no Keenan, and you know, <laughs> yeah, you won't know either way. Yeah, exactly. Stay in the clear. Now, our yeah. fourth and uh, final part of the panel this week on the race hour is David Weldon. Dave, you're going to have to unmute yourself, turn off all the other noises around the room and say hello. Yeah, apologies. Apparently, I've been told that uh, there's a rattling in my room where I am, but uh, I can't hear it, so I'm happy. <laughs> well, that's all, that, that's all that matters. That's yeah. all that matters. Welcome, Dave. Good to have you back on the podcast. Now, um, we record this just after two o'clock on Thursday afternoon, 9th of December. And uh, quite a big day in the sport of racing, I would suggest, because Bryony Frost was brave enough to step out of this supposed um, closed uh, house of the weighing room and, uh, and make complaints around Robbie Dunn and has been vindicated in those complaints because Robbie Dunn has now been found guilty of bullying and harassing Bryony Frost uh, over a period of seven months. This is a bit of a landmark, I think, for um, horse racing in terms of I don't think this was ever anything that would have been done and it's taken a very brave person to come forward and Bryony and uh, and make the complaint and step outside that safety zone of well we don't talk about this kind of stuff but it had to happen Dermanoli you've been writing about it on BMUK pre- prior to the uh, result um, what do you think now that the result and the actual verdict is out? Yeah, it's the correct verdict and it was the only verdict Dean, really. Um, I saw a few people on Twitter yesterday trying to say that the the Wednesday's um, the Wednesday's evidence for on from Dunn's defence was was quite mm. strong. It wasn't. It, it was absolute nonsense. I mean, the weirdest one was the valet situation, which was uh, that uh, Chris Maud, the boss of them, said when giving evidence that um, they wouldn't the, the his valets wouldn't work with her. So the Racing Post reported on it, and then one of them. One of the guys, the valets, put up on Facebook saying this was a complete lie. But every, all course. jockeys, everyone on Twitter seemed to take it as a fact. But Lucy Wadham, in the meantime, has she's put in her official, official complaint still. So someone's wrong here. You know, as in, you can't say that. But both the, the other side, and then they were trying to say that Tom Scudamore said a lot. Tom Scudamore said nothing. Tom Scudamore said he didn't like her and that all of her story didn't add up. But he didn't have a single jar of evidence and yeah thanks for that tom pop along next yeah brilliant week yeah next yeah yeah like yeah. what what is the actual facts here and like it's yeah. just such so, so embarrassing for racing like 
do you know what makes me question the whole thing, Dean? Is why were they so angry? What like do you know in a cover up always, Dean? There's uh, the reason why people get so angry about it and and really try and bury something is that they're all at it. You know, this has been the same in politics and with abuse scandals in the past. People around it bury it because they don't want everyone to find out what else is there. And that's the big question now because the other jockeys, trainers. Uh, their their family members it's been pathetic how much they've been trying to bury this case what's going on like why yeah. were they so angry like lucy gardner yesterday or yesterday or lizzie kelly can't remember which one it was they were saying that briny shouldn't have been in the men's dressing room she was only in there because um she thinks she's better than the female jockeys firstly she is better than all all the rest of them there and secondly um in the male weighing room is the practice weighing scales that you have to take before you go, go on to the one the sauna and the valets are all in there so of course, yeah. Brandy Frost, she's gonna, she's gonna be there, and like Tom Scudamore, all these other jockeys, like what right has horse racing to think that they can go on like it's still the 1960s? You listen to football managers, Thomas Tuchel, uh, Jurgen Klopp, even um, even Joe Kinnear, God rest his soul. He said, or uh, sorry, not God rest his soul, hopefully, but these people were. They always said that as football moved on, you couldn't scream at players anymore. You know, you couldn't give them that half-time shouting treatment. It just doesn't work anymore because people move on. Why do these jockeys think that they're the only sport that are allowed to keep this going? Like, mm. why do they think that stewards all said that Bryony Frost riding on that occasion wasn't out of order? What makes it okay for, for, for Robbie Dunn and his colleagues to decide, yes, it is, and dare to act as the police? That's not the way life works anymore. No one's allowed to be screamed at like that anymore. The initiation process to be brought in somewhere that's just not there anymore people are human beings now and they're to be treated like it there's uh and the likes of robbie dunn it's just not his job to police a young jockey saying that i don't want robbie dunn destroyed i don't want his career finished i think he's he's part of what is a massive problem i want him to be banned and i want him to show a proper act of contrition but he's not the only one that that needs to apologize here here, Dean. AP McCoy needs to apologise. That was a ridiculous tweet. Nothing to do with him. The valets, of course, he'll try and hide behind it and say that he was just talking about his friends, the valets. The valets are every which way involved in this as well as this case proved. AP McCoy sticking his big head in had nothing to do with anything. Diana Hobbs, um, Hobbs's daughter, what was she talking about? Um, this should be private. It's, it went way beyond that point to be private. And all those jockeys that gave the most nonsensical evidence against Bryony Frost. When she had a witness at Stratford, a guy fixing a fence who, who didn't know her from Adam, but he, he decided to come forward because he felt it was the right thing to do. And his evidence, I would suggest, is the one that properly did box this off. So how, how they can behave like this, Dean, is just beyond mm. me. It really is. Yeah. And the right solution was definitely found. Well, it'd be interesting to see if AP McCoy gets asked about it on ITV anytime soon. We know that... Um... Uh, Bryony does great things for ITV and for the promotion of racing whenever she's a winner. I think they all they do is fall over themselves to give her uh, the extra bit of um, uh, exposure that you know she, she warrants, I think, in the way that she comes across on the TV. And I think that's actually where a lot of this problem with Bryony Frost comes from, is that she's, she's too enthusiastic. She's too excited about winning races. She's too uh, over-the-top about the horses that she rides. Which is ridiculous if that has got any basis. Of yeah, and Dean, Dean, the the point that the point that people in racing keep bringing out is that, um, oh, they didn't get on, or oh, you know, her her riding was a bit dangerous on that occasion, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. None of that matters. You can think somebody that you work with is horrible. You can not get on with them. You can think they're stone cold useless. You're never allowed to bully someone, and. Right. 
people, other people in racing keep saying that, oh, well, there's clearly more to this story because nobody's really defending her. Again, it's very rare that somebody very popular is bullied. It's usually the people that aren't popular who end up getting bullied and no one does anything for them. And this screams yeah. of that. And the last point that I'll make is this is just the most clear whistleblowing case that there's ever been. Um, a Gardaí in Ireland, he blew the whistle before on... on um, on his colleagues, he had to quit his job. He was he was uh, he was harassed so badly. Um, so yeah. how this same thing has happened to Bryony horse racing? The people in it have tried to destroy her. It's unbelievably wrong. And the BHA have a huge job now because this isn't just a weighing room. This is every horse racing yard in the UK and possibly Ireland. And they need to get in there and fix this because we we're not the 1960s anymore. Horse racing has way too many fucking problems for this to 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 be going on and for people to be behaving like they are and if horse racing is ever going to get its act together again this needs to be taken very seriously and fixed yeah um i would agree i'm going to be interested to see what the actual punishment comes out i think they said it was over a seven month uh, campaign you can't imagine any ban less than the the length of that would make any sense at all but uh, who knows we will find out soon uh, david and kian i'm going to give you a a, a, a chance to talk about this obviously dermo is hugely passionate about it and his piece is up on the website you can read about um, from this week um, in a, the chair of this panel Brian Barker said that they've been unable to accept uh, Mr Dunn's sweep of denials criticisms and his reasoning and it did it did come across as flimsy I'm not surprised they reached that but he also expressed real concern about the the culture of the weighing room in Britain as if that is was almost um, Robbie Dunn's defense David yeah that's how it comes across that this is just the done thing and this is how it was uh, how he carried on which is, as Dermo said, I agree with everything Dermo said there, it's completely unacceptable. Um, we're in the year 2021 now, things should have moved on, equal rights for everyone. Um, and the fact that we were still dealing with a sauna that was in the men's changing room, with the amount of women jockeying now, it's not as if Bryony's the only one, like, there was right. likes of, of Lucy Gardner, etc., etc., whoever else. Um, they should have had their own facilities. The problem now that the BHA have is they've made this um, promise to change the facilities that costs money and the BHA don't have money this is going to go on for a couple of years now before the facilities are in place um, on the back of what Brian e. Frost has done and Brian e. Frost has to be applauded as Dermot said whistleblowers get a, a horrible time no one wants to be first out the door um, and she's taken that massive step um, and she can only be applauded for it and hopefully Robbie Dunn I agree with Dermot he doesn't served for his career to be demolished um, he's acting and how he's been taught to be act in the, in the weighing room I would imagine um, with a bit of probably his own problems there and with his anger management whatever um, mm. so he deserves a long ban a ban that's going to set a statement that this behaviour is completely unacceptable um, like the BHA have been given a golden egg here by Bryony to absolutely show that racing is firmly equal between um, all the jockeys, um, not even just the men and female, but conditionals and younger jockeys, etc. Um, that they're all equal and they all have their say and they can all come forward and be treated fairly. Um, and they need to run with this now and make sure they stamp it into the ground that this is the way forward. The bullying is completely unaccepted in racing and we can move forward and be a better sport for it. Yeah, I can't, do you know what? I can't think of another sport where um, the opportunity for, say, a 17-year-old coming in on the first day of work with a first rider sat next to um, the superstars at the same time and expected to, to to mingle in that way, apart from maybe a football dressing room. But remember, in a football dressing room, 
it's the same team in the same dressing room. It's not the competitors against each other mixing in that dressing That's, room. Um, so if you want... Alan Colley is on Sky Sports News or Sky Sports Racing here now, saying literally saying, "I think Robbie Dunn has been hard done by." Right. Like, this is this, this so is one, a... this is endemic. Yeah, it's hard to understand. Um, Kian, and um, you know, we don't know what the punishment is going to be, but this this for change to come and happen. It has to be pain, doesn't it, at the start? And this seems like Bryony was the one to take it on on, um, on herself to get this done. And she's probably um, given herself a huge problem coming back into the into the weigh rooms after this, especially if what we've just heard uh, there about the, the current about, about jockey talking on Sky Sports News about it. Yeah, I think you've got to um, say fair play to Bryony for coming out and, um, you know, making her point. And I do think Dermot kind of hit the, the nail on the head with his um, article on um, bookmakers.co.uk. But yeah, obviously it's not a, not an ideal scenario. Um, but like even on the race and post, it would nearly put you off um, reading the news. It's just it's just everywhere. And it's almost like it's almost like um, putting a dull light on racing as well. You know, that kind of way. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And, it, like, you know, there's just it's constant, isn't it? Whether yeah. there is there is. And then the problem, I think Dermot highlight, like, highlighted on here before, and we've spoken about it before, Kian, is the time that it takes. This wasn't this wasn't brought forward by Bryony a couple of weeks ago. And it's clearly a, a seismic issue. Um and one that they probably would have known was gonna get all sorts of coverage and, and taken on in this way. Why don't they just deal with things quicker? I don't think COVID is an exclu- excuse considering, yeah, you know, it, we're doing this on, on Zoom or Zencast. We can all talk to each other. Yeah, it has been dragging on for um months now and Obviously, with the Gordon Elliott kind of saga last year, you think things couldn't get any worse, and then this comes along. So it's um, it really does need to be dealt with quicker because it, it's dragging on far too long. Well, it's going to get all sorts of press now, and the the verdict is obviously, um, been handed down. We'll see what the the punishment is for Robbie Dunn. I do hope they set some kind of example. Um, but as Demo says, it's not a career ender. He should be able to apologise. I can't see that from his defence, to be honest. But you never know. Um. All right, well, look, look, let's see what happens. Why don't we talk about some horses um, that will probably help um, move us along. We've got great racing at Cheltenham and uh, also Doncaster this weekend, but we had some amazing racing uh, last weekend, all sorts of horses out and about. Uh, Kian, I might stick with you. Um, something from that weekend, there were several highlights. I can throw them all out there. Constitution Hill and Ergamine Protectorat. Um, obviously, there was Granatine winning in the Tingle Creek. We had Fernie Hollow, Kilcrook got beat. Where do you want to go? You can go wherever you want. Yeah, um, fantastic weeks, uh, uh, weekends racing team. Uh, just two horses I'll touch on that probably slipped under the radar. The first one was at Aintree on Saturday in the first race, mm. horse called Bombs Away um, for Ollie Murphy. He finished second. He was ridden with a lot of confidence and uh, he was just touched off. He actually came back lame, so I reckon he could be a, a great horse. And also at Navin on Saturday, um, I know Dermot's a fan of this horse as well, is uh, Farouk Delin. He mm. won a beginner's chase first time out over two mile four uh, on prob- ground probably better than ideal. Left he was class so, keen, wasn't he? Yeah, really, really game near the end there. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, really like that. Yeah, um, loads keep eye, yeah, keep an eye out um, for him for over Christmas, maybe three miles on a right on the track on softer ground and he'd take a lot of beating. Um, yeah, just sounds um, like Limerick to me. Sounds like yeah, does. that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's probably yeah. not going to go take on um Bob Allen during the two and a half minor, so it'll mm. be interesting to see where they go with him. They did similar with Farouk Dunn last year or the year before, if I remember rightly, when he went to that meeting. Correct. Uh, yeah, he won the two mile seven novice hurdle at Limerick. That makes um, sense. Yeah, uh, Constitution Hill was um devastatingly impressive. The only thing I will say is 
last year a lot of these English novices they looked they looked class coming up to the festival like Brave Man's Game, uh, Metier, whatever, and then come to the festival, the Irish horses absolutely whacked them. So um, I think the supreme market at the moment is is very. I'd, I'd give Kilcrow a, se- a second chance definitely. I think that's a a massive overreaction to his run. He, uh, we saw last year he was a, a serious bumper. Like he went off odds on for the the Cheltenham uh, champion bumper. So mm. I think the twelve to one about him for the supreme uh, could look huge come the day. Um, and what else was I going to touch on? Um, uh, a steer in Falange as well in the um, John Durkin was trading at one to three when he fell. So maybe mm. the lot do people think he's um, a king, a King George contender, possibly? Possibly, but the horse is more likely to jump out at the third and go jump on a bus and end up in the town center shopping. Than yeah, he's actually king stupid, George. isn't he? He's stupid. There's yeah. something, yeah, something in him is. I don't know. Stupid's a, a tough word, even for a horse. But yeah, that is. No, he's stupid. Like he, he's a really he talented horse. Doing, does he? Yeah, it's all. Yeah, in there. he just has that um, one moment of absolute moronic, like just being a moron in every race because he's so yes. talented. He's unbelievably talented, but he just does this every time. Like Asterian forlorn. That's what he <laughs> yeah. is. Um, that's how he makes you feel. And uh, yeah, it was a fascinating run from him. Uh, you're right to highlight him though, because if you know if he does jump round, probably wins that. Yeah, he, like he looks like a horse with a massive amount of ability, but. Yeah. Even in the John Durkin, it's like he's only jumping into the wing of defence, like trying to just centre him like a bit more. He wants to hit the yeah, wall. It's it's bizarre, but yeah. I mean, he was he was that like that was a good race, and he was travelling all over that. I mean, he probably would have won. Like so, I mean, if he can get round in the King George, I mean, he could be a he could be a contender there definitely. So keep an eye on him. I don't think Ian, many of the Irish will come for the King George. Maybe Milella Rindo will come. I'd imagine mm. a steering for Lange and Envoy Allen have run. A race there that means they probably won't come. Um, I suppose the thing, be... the thing is, then, Dean, where would you go with a steering? Because it seems like they have to go right handed, like, yeah, yeah, I understand with, that with Leopard's yeah. left handed. So maybe like Willie's come over to pass with Votor and stuff. So look, it's yeah. it's it's uh, it's worth keeping an eye on him for the King George, I think. Yeah, okay, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. It was, um, there were some serious animals out there, um, and, and you've highlighted a few of them. I, I think as well, the other thing you highlighted there, Kian, is that. For Cheltenham, because you look at that supreme market where you've got the likes of um, John Bond and Constitution Hill topping it, we haven't really seen what the Irish are going to deliver yet. Come Cheltenham time, and Dave, I come to you here, we're going to need markets without the Irish, I think. It's not enough to have without um, the favourite markets anymore. I reckon we need markets without the Irish. And then you give you three angles into the race. Take out the one without the favourite, one without the Irish runners, find the best English horse. And... uh, I, I, that to me that would make Cheltenham fascinating this year it, and I'm English it would be a great market um, it would be fascinating to see how they price it up um, especially in races like Supreme and stuff like that where you might only have a handful of, of Irish runners against a lot of English runners you could have three places on them without, uh, without yeah, Irish I, do you know I'm fascinated about a gold cup market like that when yeah. you have Nanella Rindo and Apu and then you have the likes of Protectorat and, and Shantry House I just want to back against them too I, I think there's only one uh, bookie who probably do that as well um, so you might want to start getting on to them yeah so we start is. sending some uh, some anonymous tweets yeah um, <laughs> oh, no, there's no point being anonymous with no. a market like that they probably love it <laughs> yeah. they probably love it yeah go on then Dave um, give us the best and the worst yeah I think the worst has to be Envoy Allen um, it was he, a disappointment he's not the horse we all hoped and thought he was um, as isn't a couple of people talk about him during the week and it's true he was beaten from novices um, for three seasons in the bumper in the Ballymore and in uh, well up to the marsh he was he was beating them left right and centre um, mm. 
and that's just what he is. Is he was a good novice. It don't doesn't look like he's going to be a good open company horse. And unfortunately, it's taken us to go to four years to find that out. Um, so maybe maybe there is an issue. Maybe there's something we don't know. Um, another disappointment has to be Shackhamp as well. Um, now I know yeah. they they found an injury with him. He was um he had an issue with his, one of his behind legs. Um, so that kind of excuses the run because it was too bad to be true. Really, like. Um, he never really jumped with any zest or anything like that. Like that. Maybe he just doesn't travel. Um, he could be one of them horses just good at home and good at Leopardstown, good at Punchtown. Um, it kind of seems that way now. Um, but on the other hand, Willie Mullins then has Anna Gamine to go to war with him for the Queen Mother, who was absolutely amazing on um, Sunday at Cork. They were 24 lengths ahead of Concertista after a mile and a half. Now, they end up doing a similar time at the end because they've gone so hard. But, like, to be 24 lengths ahead of a, a carrying eight pounds more, it was a fantastic performance. And he kept going fine. Notebook fell out the back of the telly because they went too hard. Um, and Argamine kept going. He is going to take some stop, and I think, in the Queen Mother. Um, I know Shishkin's good. Um, won a Supreme, won an Arkle, has the Cheltenham form. That's what Argamine has to prove, but... Um, Jesus, I loved that on Sunday. I thought it was fantastic. I know me and you, Dean, have had our disagreements on it already, but um, I'm going to be shouting from the rooftops for Ernie Gamine up until March, the Wednesday in March. Yeah, fair enough. Look, um, Enegamine won the Hillyway Chase by eight and a half lengths, beating Daily Tiger, and then back in uh, third was Sizing Potsy. I think Shiskin, if it just you know could read and read that, would be like. Right, well, um, that that looks like me. I don't think I don't think should, should read that. He shouldn't be a racehorse anymore. He should be yeah. In, in. Yeah, we should be paying to to parade him around the world as the you know a, a real racehorse. You now. always get these. You always get these tweets from those fake Twitter accounts that claim to be the horse <laughs> yeah. and they just be like, yeah, uh, snoozing in my garden, watching the hilly way. I don't. I don't think Shiskin needs to be too worried. We're talking about a two-time Cheltenham Festival winner who. Um, yeah, we do yeah. need to see the horse, but um, and an ergamine could be better, but you know you have to go and race him to yeah. find out. So. And they will, um, they race him more than she's gonna be raced anyway. That, that's for certain. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if you look at their um, respective careers that that's true. Ergamine was injured. He had no hurdling career. He came back and won a hurdle in March, mm. and then he went novice chasing, and he's been everywhere novice chasing. He missed Cheltenham last year because he was injured, um, yeah. and then he came back and won Punchtown. So he yeah. won at Leperstown. For that he's one at nice he's been plenty of places yeah, he's, he's very much a home bird um let's see him get on the boat and okay. then we can uh, has Shishin got on the boat yet no, no. Uh, i don't think he needs to like aintree <laughs> yeah. and cheltenham are uh, are, uh no are, are no punchstown is a fine meeting i'll have you know Dean. yeah yeah it's yeah, hard though to go and do cheltenham punchstown and and aintree in the I, same season we'll see we'll see um, Shishkin once this year in the celebration chase uh, at sandown at the end of the year when he'll hack up a one to eight be grand <laughs> oh, this, this, yeah We've had this. We've had this all on. week in a WhatsApp group. All week, the two of them. I, I'm not. I'm not going. I'm just. I'm not going to. I'm not going to carry this on. But Enedjamin could be better than Shishkin. Could be. Yeah, Grant. That's all I want at, to at, say. All week. That's all this, I want to say. Yeah. No, I'm totally fine with that. Could be at this current moment in time, not even in the same division. Okay. Okay. But we'll see. We'll see anyway, how they get just, on. There's one more I wanted to highlight. Uh, ran on Go Tuesday. Tuesday actually. Uh, come on, Teddy for Tom George. And Jonathan yep. Burke won a two and a half mile novice handicap first time out over fences. And yep. it was a decent race and it was relatively unfancied in the market. But he finished third in the pretense last year as best of the English there. And he will probably end up going for maybe the ultimate or maybe the Paddy Power Chase and um, mm-hmm. the handicap. So he's just one to keep an eye out for who likes the track. 
Hey, you mentioned the buzzword there, the Ultima, and we had the winner of that out over the weekend. Unfortunately, didn't finish the race. That was Galahad Quest. So, uh, yeah, that was very disappointing for me. Il Redoto, I thought, was also very disappointing. Um, and obviously, because I fancied it would run better than it did and was, was well beaten but before coming down. And the final one of my last words, before I let Dermo have the last word here on uh, the best and the, the highs and the lows, um, was John Joe O'Neill Jr. got blew out the saddle on Chris's so dream. <laughs> like, he jumped it fine. And I think some ran the first gusts of Storm Barra uh, hit Aintree and uh, blew him out the side door. And he was devastated. I think Chris's dream um, will now have a record of two non-completes over the Aintree fences. But when he does go back there, everyone should get involved. Dermo, there was a very important moment um, during the week that maybe, you know, you well, I, I know you knew. But the 157 at Chepstow, um, some stars must have aligned somewhere. There must have been a cataclysmic uh, change in the universe's traction because uh, Pat's fancy won a horse race. Pat's fancy won a horse race. So first of all, Dean, he wasn't mentioned because he was entered twice that weekend and I just wasn't sure where he was going. And last week's podcast, as our listeners who've listened to both will know, uh, we did mostly a season review and we just hey, showed look, in. look, look, yeah, there, just... isn't, there isn't a, a follower of Dermot Nolan that doesn't follow you on Twitter. So yeah, so hopefully, please God. You made so... them all fully aware. I worry. tweeted about it on Saturday, yeah. But yeah. Dean, I thought he was really good. Um, he was good. Ben Jones took it up uh, about three out and he just jumped him into the floor. I know it, like he was on a low rating, but just the way he jumped, the way he travelled, he just looked to me like a horse. Uh, I'm going to say a very... A very famous phrase we haven't used here for a while. Do you know what he looked to me, Dean? Like a future oh, Welsh no. national horse. Aye. Yeah, we haven't said that for quite a while. But genuinely, yeah. the way he yeah. attacked his Makes fences, sense. the way the way he travelled, the way uh, Rebecca Curtis now and Ryan Somerville was the one that told me this before. Um, Rebecca Curtis does unbelievable work with Oscars generally. And they're the horses, mm-hmm. that, uh, just like Pat's fancy, uh, T for Tree, obviously, uh, being the main one of them. And those horses improved as the season went on. The first run, we highlighted it though. Pat's Fancy's first run this season was really good. Uh, he just ran out of puff at the end and the horses ahead of him that day had that little bit more kind of um, speed than him. Now, I know it was over the same trick trip, but that ground that day was just that kind of little bit better. It was good ground. But like in second that day was Jeremy's pass, you know? Mm. Um, like I'm a big fan. Yeah, that's a good race that, that, that for the majority of that contest pat's fancy looked like he was heavily involved so he got in just off a ridiculously low rating after that point so i think there's another race in him uh, i've no doubt that um he will find his new rating um of 130 a little bit hard but he only got five pounds for that race team mm-hmm. um like that's that's not a whole pile and he'd be one now over christmas or beyond where a similar handicap chase like that uh, he's definitely won and the other one that, that I just want to highlight as well is Dysart Dynamo who won at Cork uh, he was absolutely brilliant I thought he, he was breathtakingly good um, I think he's a horse that uh, I'd have him as a, in the Ballymore I think Sir Gerhard will probably end up the supreme but he's the best uh, yeah actually I, I preferred what he did than what John Bond did Okay. Even I absolutely loved it. Um, and the other one was, um, of course, as well, Largy Debut, who all the talk was about Kilcrut, but Largy Debut and Keith Dunhu, they rather buried him though. You know, they um, they they jump and the speed was was very good. Henry de Bromwich always thought that this horse was very good. He just didn't come out last season, but um, I thought as good as Kilcrut was. And Willie Mullins was very interesting after the race. He said the same thing when he was talking to Gary O'Brien on RTV. He said. Um, he said that he thought Kilcrut ran fine. He just has a, has bumped into one, maybe. And Willie Mullen sounded very similar when 
uh, Bob Ollinger beat uh, Fernie Hollow. He wasn't that disappointed afterwards. He, he said, I think they're two fair horses. So, largely debut and Keith Dunne, who gave them an absolutely cracking ride as well. But Dice Air Dynamo and Pat's Fancy don't, do not give up on this horse. Um, he will he will continue to win, I think. Okay, okay. A future Welsh national winner, Pat's Fancy now. We've gone from <laughs> hoping it will run somewhere to yeah. winning the Welsh national, which, uh, which I love. I'm all for that. Uh, and Dice Art Dynamo could be actually in the only race at Cheltenham where you might need a without the English market. Uh, could be a supreme, but probably not. Probably go for the London. Um, okay. Um, yeah, that's what well, let's mix it up nicely. What we're going to do now is take a break on the race hour brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. And when we come back, uh, there's Friday at Cheltenham, there's Saturday at Cheltenham, and there's also um, some really good stuff at Doncaster on Saturday that we will get through before a quiet Sunday lets you all have pretty much a day off, I think, with what's on the cards around. Um, the racetracks. Okay, we'll be back after this. You're listening to the Race Hour podcast, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk. Check out bookmakers.co.uk each and every day for tips, news, and the best odds for horse racing. Looking for a new bookmaker and the best sign-off offers in the industry? You'll find that at bookmakers.co.uk. Sponsors of the Race Hour. Hello and welcome back to this week's edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. I'm joined by Keen Kirby, David Weldon and Dermot Nolan. And we are about to take, well, firstly, before we get to Saturday's race, we're going to take a look at um, Friday's card at Cheltenham. I'd argue it's a little bit better than Saturday's card, but then, you know, Saturday's not bad, but I think this is a bit better. Um, Keen, I might come to you as an open house here, really, I think, to uh, to give us something across them, but... I was rather taken by a horse in the cross country, which I come to. I thought the stayers handicap looked quite good, but you let me know what you like, Kian, on Friday. Cheers, Dean. Yeah, I think um, the first race at Cheltenham tomorrow is probably the best novice hurdle ran in UK. I think it will be. Um, you've Harter de Dudary as six to four favorite. Uh, yeah. Washington five to two. But the one I like is um, the Colin Tizard trained uh, JPR one. Mm. Um, he was actually William Hill were first out with the prices, and he was seven to one. So he's been hammered into eleven to four already. Wow! Um, yeah, he won uh, his race course debut at Exeter. He wasn't fancied at all, and uh, the two horses he beat were uh, Lutra Lad, who Philip Hobbs had earmarked as his best novice this year, and also in third was um, Nicky Henderson's I Am Maximus, who beat My Drogo in a bumper. So I think that was a pretty serious run for a. Uh, first time out and if the hype isn't real about uh dan skelton source i think the 11 to 4 could be um could be a big price yeah i wish i'd um i wish i'd been chatting to you when they first came out with those prices, I, I didn't get the prices either dean so don't don't worry mm. it, it didn't last too long um there is plenty of hype around uh number two on there hard to do dory um in those jp colors for the skeleton so uh yeah okay that's that is a fascinating contest anything else across friday at cheltenham key and you want to highlight no i think that that's just it for me yeah, that's a cracking race, though, really is. Um, all right, um, let's go to Demo. Give me something for Friday, please. I have the each way double, Dean, of each way doubles. I have the, I the, a dodge pot each way double. So first oh. of all is Baron of Adon, the son of Scorpion, who I've always <laughs> loved. Um, he's 40 to 1 in the 12.40 tomorrow. And okay. it doesn't make much sense to me. So his second last run, as we know, we backed him on this podcast at, uh, at a decent price for 12 to 1. He went off 92 that day. He gave way to Damalisk and he was he gave Damalisk about 10 pounds that day when you take into Simon Torrance's claim as well. And Damalisk is now rated 135 in Ireland, right? And 
he gave him about ten pounds and a beating that day. Baron of Adon was then sold to uh, David Bridgewater and had one run at the Aintree Festival when he just didn't run any sort of a race. But that was his first run. He was also sick when he first arrived at um, at David Bridgewater's. David Bridgewater said himself he bought this horse to be a chaser. Yep. Does it not interest anyone that David Bridgewater's local track is obviously Cheltenham and he's put him straight into a novice's handicap chase and he runs here off, off that mark of 135, uh, Brendan Powell on board. And he's 40 to 1 in a race that I don't think is full of any superstar at all. Um, yeah, correct. That's uh, ideal. I think, it, yeah, I think it's an incredible price. I, I just, I, I can't make heads or tails of it. Um, so we know what happens now. And then speaking of, and like, as much as he's a scorpion, he was very straight and honest that day, Dean, um, mm. at Nace. So hopefully that, that kind of thing can continue and speaking of straight and honest uh blast coleman runs in the uh three o'clock <laughs> at Cheltenham on friday uh this is the cross country chase uh this horse has broken my heart more times than uh than any woman has um there was there was one day i'll just never forget it at punchstown dean i think we watched that race together dean and he uh he jumped yeah. through like he was going to win just win the race and poor old philip enright he, he just he makes a fool of jockeys but the one thing that has to be said is that he's actually been showing up quite well in these cross-country races. Um, he showed up very, very well, actually. And in races, in general, he was second to Commander of Fleet last season. That form has obviously taken a bit of a boost since. He was uh, fifth behind Never Rush a Con, a shady operator, only beat him two and a half lengths of punchstone last season, when again he looked the winner. Um, and JJ Slevin has shown that he gets on quite well with him here. Um, naturally, this is a handicap, so he, he gets in here off 10 stone. Uh, there's a lot of horses giving pounds upon pounds to him. I, I I would never recommend anybody to be going too heavy on him, but he's 22 to 1. So I think an each-way double between Baron of Adon and Blast of Coleman uh, could send us all to the Bahamas. And um, I just think it just, you know... It, it's a fun bet for two horses who genuinely could be good enough to, act, to actually win the races, but kind of whether they put their best foot forward, that's another matter. Yeah, um, I'm going to apply a filter to you, Demo, here. Like, <laughs> I know you love Blaster Coleman, but I think everyone should take the Barnavid on um, suggestion very seriously and uh, definitely have a fun, uh, a, a fun involvement with yeah, Blaster Coleman. Yeah, sorry, that's exactly right. Blaster Coleman yeah. is up against Plan of Attack, who I think is going to win the cross-country this year at Cheltenham. So... Um, it's 25, 33. And yeah, Plan of Attack's only given him three pounds as well, to be fair. Yeah, yeah I think Plan of Attack would be very hard to beat tomorrow, but they'll need to win tomorrow to be um, uh, properly in the mix in March. But I think this seems to be a, a nice thought-out plan. And Henry de Bromhead wins every race at Chelsea, so he may as well add this one um, to the mix as well. And it seems to be like a plan is in action there. Dave, I don't think you've got anything to offer for Cheltenham on Friday, but I wanted to call out a couple of other ones before uh, maybe if you did have something. I thought Sport and John, uh, don't forget, still 20s for the Stairs Hurdle, is going to win the City Post Handicap Hurdle at 3.35 over just shy of three miles at Cheltenham, just to get a few more uh, miles on the clock for that classy animal. And uh, Demo, do, do we want to mention Santini is running in a handicap chase? Yeah, we should. Um, I think, Dean, his best approach here from Polly Gundry would be, I think you go on a bit of a handicapping job with him. Uh, if you got him down to the mid-150s and got him jumping around the Grand National fences, because he is a good jumper, uh, I think he'd be one hell of a sight over them. And a mark in the mid-150s definitely would underestimate this horse. He's not up mm-hmm. to a gold cup. Uh, we know that that the, the year when he, he probably should have won it that year was everything did work out for him really pace-wise and everything. You know, he he wasn't taking off his feet early, which meant that he could come home and he could rattle home. 
Um, so he, he's a very good horse, but I just think a mark of 155 or so in a Grand National is where they should be aiming for. I, I hope he wins this, but I think that's that's that would be my aim with him anyway, Dave. Okay, fascinating. Harry Skelton getting the, the leg up there. For or Welsh Queen National Queen. next season maybe as well, you know? Yeah, uh, Welsh National, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? Harry Skelton is going to struggle to have him 20 lengths clear with two fences to go, let's be honest. <laughs> Santini, will not, Santini will not consent to any of those kind of tactics. Um, okay, that's Friday at Cheltenham, and it's a very, very good card, starting with that absolute belter of uh, a novice hurdle to get things underway. Do keep an eye on JPR1, but it's up against some very nice horses. Whatever wins that will certainly shake up um, the Cheltenham markets, as will some of the other races. Plan of Attack will do my best bet on the card and check out Barn of the Dawn. Okay, why don't we skip in then to Cheltenham on Saturday? And I think the best race in the card, uh, not too difficult to argue, Dermot, is the race and post-Gold Cup at 150. It's an absolute belter, isn't it, Dean? Um, I really like this, this, this race, but it, it's kind of full of horses that... Um... We know a good bit about now, you know, like I like Lawler, that was a good run last time, but I wouldn't be having much kind of faith now. I think Silver Hallmark, he could be anything, but I, I'm i not sure how much better than this mark that he actually is. Uh, Nico De Bruyne was very interesting booking there for uh, Fergal O'Brien. Dostal Phil could be anything, but he's a bit of a dodgepot for me as well. Midnight Shadow, he's probably still up to winning off this kind of mark, but it's kind of hard to have too much faith in it. Um, Stephen Cass put up during the week that he really fancied... Uh, Fusel raffles for this and i completely yeah. agree um i think of a mark of 11 stone seven um the field's not even that big so like that kind of big field concern that i would have with him really because he hasn't done it a whole pile uh even that's not really there for me because um he's won with he's won a race with 12 runners in it this is 15 it's not all all that much more um and crucially in my opinion he's a grade one horse and that he's a grade one placed horse great grade one placed horses win these kind of handicaps his form when he was second to chantry house second to brave man's game this season was was again a good run last time he he wasn't going to win that race sham blue was but still he was he was going to finish second there sham blue is in my opinion if the irish horses don't come he'd be my um he would have been my king george horse um so you know you've got kind of thing and just the rest of his form i think he's I think he's a very good horse and a mark of 152 might just kind of underestimate him a small bit of 11 stone seven and 10 to one for me to find out is a cracking price. So I'm very happy to take, um, take a few of those raffles here, Dean. And, um, and really a bar that there's, there's kind of not a whole pile out. I, I was leaning a small bit towards Cyril the Lack because I think he's, he's coming back down to a mark where, where he, he'll strike again, but I'm not sure he's quite that well handicapped just yet. Um, and the other one though, that I kind of thought, could be worth just a small each way bet um at at kind of 50 to 1 or so he's gone into uh, 33s now is uh dayran the the Karyak. last time he was badly held up that day and uh really finished with a plum to like he was only nine and a quarter lengths behind midnight shadow in the end and he absolutely rattled home late this is a talented horse um who's just is struggling to kind of find the form from early on last season, but at 33 to one or 50 to one or so, Dean, Dayran de Karak is definitely worth finding out with. Uh, you'll definitely get better place terms somewhere as well. So Fusel Raffles uh, would definitely be my main bet, but uh, Dayran de, de Karak at uh, big odds would be an each way bet of mine as well, Dean. Yeah, this is one of those races where, you know, I can't really disagree with anyone who make a case for most of the horses. It's good. And Fusel Raffles at that price, at double figures, does seem too big, although I do feel that there's a, a chink in him. I think he's a bit soft, and you have to ignore what happened the last day um, and look at the times when the chips have been down. I think he can throw it in, but at 10 to 1, 
um, you're well able to to find out. Um, Kian, why don't you give me the spin through the race in post gold cup and what you landed on? Yeah, as you say, you can uh, you can make a case for most of these, uh, Dean. Um, I'd agree with Dermo. Not that keen on on Layla. Uh, big fan of Silver Hallmark as a horse, but I think seven to one is uh, pretty short here. Mm. Um, the one I came down on was actually Venetia Williams' horse, Seapage. Uh, uh, he's been kept fresh for this. Uh, he's won over course and distance, and he ran a screamer at the uh, Cheltenham Festival last year in the race uh, Vintage Cloud Speed, Happy Go Lucky, and I think that's a that was a decent handicap. Yeah. Uh, I reckon he'll get a toe into the race from um, Cool Cody, who was an unlucky father last time, and I think uh, 16 to 1, it's a, it's a fair each way price. Okay, Sipaj, uh, first time back, and Venetia in rocking form as well. Um, Dave Bowden. Yeah, um, agree with most of the lads said there. I was expecting a bigger price on Silver Hallmark, um, mm. but he is well handicapped, probably, I think, going on a stiddle on the roof form from, from last season. Um, and uh, Fusa Raffles is a horse I love, but I, I, yeah, could he win this off 152? Definitely. Um, will he? Probably not. I tend to agree with you, Dean. Um, he kind of finds a way not to win. Um, he can burst and he's a bit, can go lame very easily and stuff like that. Um, and he wouldn't want really any rain over the next I, day or I so. I don't think he minds a sulk, Dave. I think yeah. he just he has a little sulk in him for all the talent yeah. that he, he has. Can, he can make a mistake, and if he makes a mistake, he's gone. If he jumps around, if he jumps cleanly, he, he, he'll probably win. But he, must, he must go close, yeah. Yeah, he, he, he can throw in a bad one. Um, the one I landed on is Beakstown. Um, now, you're kind of taking into account the fact that he might bounce. Um, he ran at Cheltenham March 2020. He finished fifth in the Ultimate. Uh, sorry, not in the ultimate, in the the old novices handicap chase behind Imperial Aura. That was a great run. Um, it was, worked out really well with Gal. He looked the winner that day as well, Dave. He did. Yeah, he travelled yeah, all over them. Yeah. Um, he had a nice comeback run there uh, last month at Aintree behind uh, Lily King of Body Murphy's and Kiltini Briggs, who's since won again. Has won since. Um, so as long as he doesn't bounce, I think he has a right chance. Um, I think he's well handicapped. He's been dropped seven pounds since um his Cheltenham run. He's down to one three two now. He's right in at the bottom of the weights. He's a lovely racing weight, um, and he should definitely go close. Um, at about ten to one, there was bigger. He's been nibbled at as well, which is a positive sign, given the air. Yep. Um, Beakstown is the one last for me. He's actually nine to one now. Lovely. Okay. Um. Okay. Beakstown then at a well, just under double figures, around nine to one, is the pick for Dave Welder. Fusa Raffles gets the main shout from Dermo. Uh, Sipaj is the pick for Kian Kirby and. I've got to give Zanza one more chance, I think, um, convince myself that this was a very well-handicapped Hobbs for the Hobbs team. It uh, ran so well from out of the weights against Eldorado, Allen and Holden. And only five and a bit length behind Midnight Shadow finishing strongly um, in the previous version. Well, I say the previous version. It's almost like a series, aren't they, these races, of course, in the, in the, in the Gold Cup that came up in November. Uh, now has another six pounds back off um, from Midnight Shadow. I think it's got to be in the mix. 14s tempts me back in. I will stick with Zanza. And uh, yeah, one of my cliff horses, let's hope, uh, be proved right at some point. But a lot of those reopposing. Lawler, Dorsalville, Midnight Shadow, Zanza, uh, et al. Fascinating race. Okay, let's move on to the 225. Uh, Dave, I'll come to you first for the um, Albert Bartlett Novices Hurdle at Cheltenham. That is the 225. It's a great two affair. Um, Blazing Carl, uh, Charles Burns. <laughs> it's going to be a... Uh, He's going to be top of the market with Donald McInerney, uh, alongside Paul Nichols and Harry Cobden with Jelena Bello. And then there's four other runners, but you can probably have whatever price you want about them if the first yeah. two turn up. Yeah, um, Blazing Cal, I think, is Charles Burns' best horse he has at the moment. Um, 
his ultimate aim is going to be the Albert Bartlett. Um, so take that what you will. I didn't really wasn't mad about him the last day. Um, they seem to get racing a long way out. Like the first three, the current mood is there as well. He finished third that day between uh, Janino Bello and Blazing Cal won the race. Um, I kind of thought that was a bit iffy that form. Um, for Cheltenham novice race, and I was willing to take a chance on Barony Legends for Ollie Murphy and Aidan Coleman. He absolutely bolted up the last day, won by 27 lengths from a Gary Moore horse who was well fancied at Linkfield. Um, his Southwell bumper form uh, will be tested on on Friday at Broomfield Berg for Nicky Henderson, is a favourite for one of the handicaps there on Friday. Um, uh, Barony Legends was, was well behind him. But he won, uh, his second is point to point, point Donny Boy, and Donny Boy has since hacked up this morning. Um, in the first race at Newcastle, that's worth going back and looking at. He looks a nice horse for for uh, the Alexanders, and he's about six to one. So you're not getting each way terms, but I think if you want to play without the favourite or something like that, um, I think Barney Legends will be right there. I think he's well thought of by Ollie Murphy, and uh, I think six to one seriously underestimates his chance. Okay, going against those top two with Barony Legends for Ollie Murphy, Aidan Coleman, uh, Kean, give me your view on the two twenty five, John. Yeah, I think we've got the right two at the top of the market here. Um, mm. If I was having a match, but I'd definitely take Blazing Cal to beat uh, Jelena Bello. I don't think the former reversed there. Um, I actually like one that the outsider field here is um, Lockturg Rocco. Um, he was decent in point to points, and then he made his racehorse debut at Newcastle on Fighting Fifth Day in a small field. Uh, he was quietly back for that race, and he ran an absolute screamer behind um, Mr. Glass, who... I know Paul Nichols thinks a lot of, and also the horse in third, uh, Marble Sands, is uh, is highly regarded as well. So I reckon there's plenty of improvement to him. And I know it's not an each-way race with just the six runners, but uh, he's currently 25-1 to one there, and you could uh, have worse bets and have a few quid on him. I think it would be a massive price. Sean Bowen for the Mongan team. That's a lock, Der Garocco. Yeah, massive price, 16-1 to one in just that small field for the three-mile um, Bristol Novices hurdle. Demo, do you have an alternative view, or are you weighing in here? I thought uh, I thought I was being really clever. Keen, that's the exact one that I picked out as well. Uh, Wait, I, I, thought I, was, I thought that was a huge run at Newcastle. I thought it, Unbelievable, uh, yeah. I thought this I thought this was the run race where I was safe there that, that uh, nobody yeah. else would pick my pick. Even but the yeah. um even the conditions that day, Dermot, like the hail was there, the snow was there. Oh god, it was it, first it was time at a racetrack, like and you ran a screamer behind Mr. Glass. I put him into my tracker and I have just saying like extreme trips and um because mm. he, he just kept going so if this race does develop and there is rain on the horizon there if this does develop into a massively kind of dirty stairs race this this is all over him and um, yeah. so look i wouldn't be bothered having each way in it he's either going to win or he'll probably finish last so I, i'd have a i'd have a small win bet on him that's yeah he's, tw- he's 25 there with a few bookies i think that's uh that's yeah. worth a few quid definitely yeah yeah and the exchange would probably get bigger than that as well uh definitely tomorrow so yeah no dean i'm rolling in right behind keen here lock del rocco all the way for uh keen and demon on i've no view on this at all i uh, didn't pay much attention to the first time blazing carl and jelena bello faced off and i probably won't pay too much attention to them this time around but now i'm intrigued because i will be keeping an eye on uh, barony legends and lock del rocco um this will be informative and that is a big price we're going to stick at cheltenham uh demo i'm going to come to you next uh, the Unibet international hurdle uh it's it a champion hurdle trial. None of these are going to trouble the protagonist in the champion hurdle, though. No, and on that basis, I've actually made my pick. I don't like the front four in the market. I think Song for Someone's good, but um, for some reason hasn't bounced back to the kind of early season form of last year. 
Sior Royale is excellent, don't get me wrong, but has to give a, a bit of weight all around. He, they should really, just call that horse Yardstick. Yeah, he's... He, he's, he's <clears throat> <laughs> he should, but he's he's brilliant, though, isn't he? He's just <laughs> oh, he's excellent. I, I I wish I owned this. Like a horse just... like him would just be the ultimate dream. Fences and hurdles at all comes, does it comes the same everywhere, view, yeah. and you've got only the really good ones can actually beat him. That's it exactly. Yeah. Or horses that he has to give away weight to. So that's that. Well, sometimes it's tough for him. That's where I'm going. Yeah. Happens. Um. Guard guard your dreams. No. And Belly Adam. I just don't think this horse is actually very good. So heaven help us. A fourteen to one for me is just a ridiculous price. Um. Cora Cup winner. I'm not sure, Bar So Royale, who, which of these would be winning a, a Coral Cup, even, to be honest, mm. and she could just kick from the front, she'll, she'll love the ground, Danny Mullins gets on ridiculously well with her, and she can she can kick from the front here, and uh, they mightn't see kind of what way she goes, they're all giving, every single one of them, giving way to her, uh, So Royale has to give quite a bit, and she she could just kick from them here, Dean, um, and... I know song for someone want to go for it, but the fractions haven't helped us set at car at the Coral Cup last year were scary. And yep. if if they're not onto her, she'll she'll go again. And at fourteen to one in such a bad race, I think she's a good bet. Yeah, special agent Danny Mullins sent over to lead them all a merry dance. He's very good at it as well. Dave Well, this sounds like something you might have come up with. Uh, no, no, I ignored. <laughs> Disappointing answer, Dave. Yeah, it uh, was. I kind of was hoping I'd line that up nicely. No, Go on, Dave. Um, I can see the angle. Um, I just think she'll get top for a bit of toe over two miles. Um, okay. To be fair enough, over two and a half miles, she might still feel you know, that bit slower, but it'll be on flat out pretty much all the way around here. Um, yeah, I agree, though, Scott Royal. He's just... He's everybody's dream to own a horse. Like he was third yeah, in the point fifth there recently. He'll go back over fences probably in the new year, uh, run the Queen Mother and, and have... Like he was unlucky last year in the Queen Mother. He probably was going to win the race um, had he not been so badly interfered with um, turning for home. Um, I actually I actually like Bally Adam here. I think it's an interesting ploy. Um, like he won the Royal Bond last year and finished second um, behind Appreciated at Christmas and then in the at Dublin Racing Festival and then... Um, Ran probably pretty poorly at at, uh, at um, Cheltenham last year, but he can kind of forgive that a little bit because he had to switch yards and for a young horse it might have impeded him more than others. Um, and then he ran. He probably didn't stay the two and a half miles then at, at, at entry. Um, so I'm willing to give him a chance. He ran reasonably well last time out for fences. He probably doesn't seem like a, a, ch- a chaser, and Henry seems to make that choice. Um, for for the connections, um, he's six to one now. He was ten to one before the decks. Um, I had a little nibble of tens, three places. I'll, I'll probably go back in again at sixes because he has the potential to be better than these by a stone. I think. Um, mm-hmm. he's only six still. He's still lightly raced his first year in open company. And as Durham said, this isn't a good race. Take out score score oil and the rest of these are handicappers really. Um. It's not for someone's one too many handicaps that you can't run handicaps anymore and one too many good, decent races. But the rest of them, like, it's, it's really a three or four runner field. Um, so I'm, I'm happy to take a chance by the Adam. Yeah, I think you are taking a chance with so real Allen in the field that, you know, he can come forward the seven, eight pounds he needs to do. But if he's not, if he's going to do it at six, at six years old, then yeah, I understand. I understand that. Rachel over as well with uh, Henry with Bally Adam. Kian, you get the final word on this race. Yeah, not the uh, the best of champion hurdle trials. This is it. Um, uh, no. Yeah, I think Song for Someone is is solid at the top of the market. I think he's definitely the the most likely winner. That was a good run behind Buzz the last day, and he's uh, mm-hmm. he won this race before. Um, Bally Adam is an absolute pig of a horse. I wouldn't go near him. Even gone over fences. I was like, this horse isn't the chaser. He's he, like he hasn't done anything in his last 
last runs at anything. Even in the Supreme, he was wild up. Same with Aintree. Fell last time out and then beaten by Buddy Rich over fences when he actually jumped okay. So he might he might um he might find a new lease of life over hurdles, but I just hate the horse. And the one maybe I give an, an outside chance to is uh, I know he's an eleven year old, but it's Hunter's call. Um yep. he won a banger last time out from the front. He, he just might be able to get into a rhythm out in front and nick a lead and at sixteens. Uh he might outrun his odds, but I think Song for Someone will win the race. Okay, song for someone is the pick. I, you know, I was maybe a little bit unfair, but I don't want people to take me as unfair calling So Real a yardstick. I think they're all going to have to do a little something bit better than they normally do to beat So Real. Now, Bally Adam is a horse that could possibly do that. Um, you could argue that song for someone's best run probably would be on around the par. Ratings certainly tell you that. But I think So Real at three to one will, will do me. Um, very varied opinions across the Unibet International. Um, we'll, I'm going to stay at Cheltenham, chaps. We'll do Doncaster afterwards. But Dave Weldon, I'm coming to you first on the 3.35 at Cheltenham for the Close Brothers Mayor's Handicap Hurdle. Uh, we've an unbeaten JP McManus Trapista for the O'Neills. Yeah. John Joe and John Joe Jr. And that's likely to be favourite here. Although, some good horses in behind the bet. It's a fascinating race, Dean. Um, Indefatigable, who I think Dermot's probably going to talk about, is, is top weight and has to give weight pretty much all around. Um and she was good two starts ago, not so good the last day, but she was probably over depth um in the long distance hurdle at Newbury. Goes back now against her own sex, dropped three pounds, which is more than fair. Um she will have a chance. Trapista is hard, like one run in Ireland at Huntington, um in a Mare's novice hurdle that she won handily. How can you find a mark one three one from that? You don't know. She could be well in. She could be a 150 horse. She could be a 110 horse. You don't know. I think it's hard to take three to one on her. The one I landed on is Martello Sky um, yep. for Lucy Wadham, who's in good form. Had another winner today um, in the news all week as well, as we talked about earlier on. Um, yep. Won over course and distance last April. Hopefully the rain, good ground ground for her. Um, ran well behind Bruno Pastorma, I thought, the last day um, against the boys. Back against her own sex here off a of mark of 140. Um, I think she's on the six to one mark, six to one mark or so. She should have a good chance under Aiden Coleman, um, to be a place anyway. She's still only five. She couldn't prove, and she has course form. Okay, Martello Sky, um, to land this mare's handicap hurdle. Kian, you're up next on the mess. Um, yeah, I think Dave is right there with Trapeze. Like, she deserves her place at the top of the market, but I, I wouldn't take maybe seven to two. But I mean, like. Even the last day at Huntington on the show, she opened 12s and she was smashing into sixes and she hacked up. So they kind of knew what they had there, really. No, they knew. And they so knew, on yeah. that basis, Ian, you know, she's more likely to be a one four five one fifty than she is to be a one three one, But has to but, go and do it. Exactly. But again, she could be a 120 horse or so. But I think the bet in the race, um, I see Skybet and Hills are playing four places, is uh, mm. Winhouse to take on the favourite. Um she was decent last time out, um, good seasonal reappearance, and she ran okay at this meeting last year, went fourth in the Albert Bartlett. I think it's just a bet, it's a better bet uh, backing her each way to take on the favourite with the four places as opposed to just backing Trapista um, win only. So that's the bet for me here. Win the house is the one for Kean Demo, you're up with the 335 at Cheltenham. Yeah, in Indefatable is one of the best bets of the year. I mean, she's she's after the last day at Newbury. Yeah, but sure, that's that's a grade one. That that was a proper contest. She, she just couldn't know, couldn't end up blowing. A, but grade two, and didn't she win a, a grade two just be, before that? Beforehand, yeah. But a lot of them kind of 
fell apart that day. They they seemed to try a and funny old result. Her, but I would agree. A funny old result, and she just didn't seem to run run her race at all. But bar that, the season she's been brilliant. Mm-hmm. She's back down to the exact same mark as when she won the Martin Pipe Hurdle, beating uh, a pylon who's won since, obviously. <laughs> By Leon, yeah. Happy go lucky in fourth that day again. Yeah. A proper horse, bosses Oscar in fifth. Like she saw all them off, and now she's right back down to that mark again in a mare's hurdle at Cheltenham, a track that we know she absolutely. Adores, yeah. um, I I I can't can't get over the price, and she's not even like she's given a stone away to Trapista, who unless we're talking about the new Annie Power here, like you know has has to do an awful lot here, even getting a stone, um, yeah, yeah can't can't understand why she's not favourite. Uh, top weight in a handicap like this at this time of the year isn't that much of a disadvantage, particularly when we know this horse is more than good enough. She's won the best she's five hurdle as you pointed out, uh, which is well above anything. The rest of these can even dream of, and was fourth last year in the mare's hurdle as well behind Black yeah. Tears. It's it's all there right in front of us. I think if, she's yeah. If, I think if you put a price. if you put a line show her last run, it's a massive price. But she she was shocking the last day, Emma, wasn't she? She was, but she was slowly way to begin with. Just just but like yeah. too many of them in that race. It, it, I don't know what happened at Newbury that day, whether there was a strong wind or or what. But mm. like Liz Negroska ran no race. Mrs Milner was beaten a mile out. Paisley Park was beaten a mile out. Thomas Darby just just came through because he was the only one that kind of relented to just go on. Um, it was a very, very strange race, so that, that, I don't know whether... That's, that's the day they put cheek pieces on Paisley Park and tried to make the run with him. And that's right, On yeah. the blind side went with him and they completely blew the race apart. He went too quick. Sure, Thomas Darby was beaten three, four longs out and the rest of just fell yeah. in the hole and he suddenly came back on the bridle and won. Like, so I agree, Darren, we can put a line through that run easily. Yeah, so like, yeah, no, I think she's a cracking bet, really do. Yeah, fair enough. And you were getting massive compensation for that one blip in the road, really, in terms of price at around six, seven to one for Indefatigable. And what is um, maybe not good is the run to form for Paul Weber is zero percent. Like the form recently from the twenty fifth of November, seventh pulled up, sixth of six pulled up, eighth of ten pulled up. What prices are all them? Fourth of nine. Uh, yeah, two at six to one, one at thirteen okay, to okay, two. Sorry, yeah, yeah, They're yeah. not like completely out with the washing. I know he doesn't have a lot of stable stars, and he's a trainer. I have time for, but um, this is uh, has not been. But you are getting compensation. It's all in the price. Yeah, it's all in the price. And at six to one uh, against one that has loads to prove and a few that you would normally take a uh, to handle. Um, I think that's that is a fair shout. Shouts there for Martello Sky, Indefatigable, Winhouse, and everybody against the favorite. Um, at those prices, which is. Truly understandable on a value perspective. Dermot, why don't we stick with you? Doncaster, five past two on Saturday. Handicap hurdle there. Uh, Tommy's Oscar, lucky one. I need some prices on these, though. Um, what did you fancy in this contest? Uh, yeah, look, it's uh, it's not an easy race at all. Um, it's it's just, yeah, it's kind of a bit watery, this, this handicap hurdle now. Um, but I thought, I thought Tommy's Oscar was excellent last time. Um, I know he went up like nine pounds for that, but I just thought he was he was very very good. He's always kind of threatened to do that since he moved from Colin Bow to Anne Hamilton. Um, you know, to really kind of uh, bear down on a race like that because he he was pitched in high enough last season. You know, he was six behind the shunter at Kelso and then uh, beat beat kind of Christopher Wood after that. So. In the context of a race like this, I don't think he's done improving. I know he's top weight again, and I, I've kind of gone for a few top weights, but I mm. just think when the ground gets softer, the, the top weight phenomenon doesn't really matter all that much. And I just think he's very good. And um, at four to one in a race like this, which is as watery as hell, I think he's uh, he could take a good bit of stopping here, Dean. 
Yeah, Tommy's Oscar for Dermo. Kian, I'll throw it to you for the 205 at Doncaster. Um, I have a horse in here that I thought was interesting, but I want to hear yours first, and then I'll do mine. Um, I thought Paul Nichols' horse, uh, Sonagino, was disappointing last time out. Yeah. So I'll be take, taking him on. Uh, the horse I like is the Donald McCain, Jeremino. Uh, He's won his last three races quite impressively, and he looks like a horse who's um, massively on the upward uh, curve, and I think he's he could be a couple of pounds ahead of the handicapper still. Um, Hills are playing four places each way in the race. Uh, I think mm-hmm. he, I don't I don't see him being out of the, the four. I think that's a it's a decent bet for a rapidly improving horse. And Donald McCain has started the season in a tremendous form as well. It's good to see him back. Oh, absolutely! In in rocking form, Theo Gillard rode that I think a couple of times ago, and then Abby McCain, and now Theo's back on. Uh, still keeping the claim on there. I mean, they are rising that one through the ranks pretty quickly, aren't they, with Jerome? Yeah. Okay, interesting shout then for Donald McLean and Theo Gillard aboard that one. Dave Wellen. Yeah, I agree uh, with Darren Tommy Oscar. Tommy's Oscar is a good horse, but um, he was second to Take It Easy at Weatherby um, a couple of starts back. And then Take It Easy went on to be second to one more for the road. And one more for the road came out and smashed up uh, Gail Road and Soren Oscar, uh, Soren Glory. Um, and they meet now today. Tommy's Oscar is off uh, 147. Take It Easy is off 134. Um, so there's a massive swing in the weights there. And I think Take It Easy is, is probably one of my best bets of the weekend. 5-1 to one for Hamsley and Paulo, um, Paulo Bryan um, in that race at Doncaster. Okay, big shout. Uh, second last time behind. One more for the road looks decent form. Paula Bryan, Pamsley, Take It Easy. The horse I wanted to mention to everyone, and you're going to have to have a little leap of faith here, but if natural history... Wants to put it all in for the Moors and uh, Dave. I can already. Oh, I can actually. I can't see your face, but I know it's making a face at this point. But natural history for the Moors, Jamie Moore and Gary Moore, of ten stone one. If uh, if this one does want to put it together, and often it doesn't. Uh, I don't think it's anything to do with with connections. This horse is just a tricky one to get right. If they're getting right, he's a massive price, a big. Um, in this kind of race in a handicap hurdle and I think he'd go, he'd go well if it's the day but how do you know? Well you take a chance at double figures. Um, Dave in case you want to come back and retort to me you can go first with the 240 at Doncaster where um, Porticello, Magistrato uh, Knight Salute, these are some nice juveniles, I didn't mention them all. Yeah um, sorry, what I was going to say there Dean is don't give the bookies your money if you're back in national history give it to me and I can take it then and put it to good use um, no problem. Beat the price by a couple of points. Yeah, I'll no send, problem. I'll whatever price, you, whatever price you want, Dean. Yeah, no bother at all. Um, in the juvenile race, this is, this is a funny race. There's been some weird results in this. Um, I remember getting texts about a Nicky Henderson horse who was the next big thing and absolutely blew out in this race. I was supposed to pay for Christmas, yada, 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 all the things you hear this time of the year. Um, but I can't understand the market here at all. Um, I think Night Salute should be clear favourite. was very good at Cheltenham the last day. Um, ran on really well, kind of ran about a bit, a bit green as well, and um, that form has worked out okay. Um, he's about five, six to one. I thought that was a great price. And Paddy Brennan has given up a good fancy ride in the in the Paddy Power Go Cup or the Racing Post Go Cup to come up and ride this horse for Milton Harris. I, I think he's mm. a smashing chance. Um, at six to one, I can't understand. I think he should be clear favourite. Um, I can't understand the price. Okay, I, I'd have to agree with you. I do think he's overpriced, and that's the, the Milton Harris factor, I guess, against the likes of Gary Moore and Paul Nichols. But it's misguided. Uh, Night Salute is a very, very nice three-year-old, and uh, what we've seen in the track uh, deserves to be up there, Kian. Yeah, just looking at the prices here, there's a lot of disparity in the market. But um, mm. I, w- I would agree with G. Um, Night Salute is, is way overpriced. I think I think he will be punted on as well. I just think it's the fact he doesn't have fancy connections with Milton Harris, the trainer or whatever, but... 
he's won his last three races very impressively and if he was trained by like it's the old cliche by Nichols or Henderson he'd be he'd be a favorite he'd be five to two like favorite so I think uh five to one is a savage battle yeah it does look very big I'm on board too that's three out of four Dermot Nolan uh, yeah, I'm going to follow you because I love y'all and you're great people, but I don't care. I don't care about this race. I really don't. <laughs> yeah, sorry. The things you said, this race is going to have probably no bearing on the uh, Troy and Pearl market at all. Like, yeah, well, I don't care. What yeah, 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 but we might get we might get that magic yeah. without the Irish market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Look, you're, this, you're this great people, like, so I follow you. Yeah. This is more Fred Winter trial than the Troy and Pearl trial. Sure. That's a race I like to find the winner of, though, and it could well be lurking in this contest. Although, again, probably without the Irish. What a fun, fun uh, Cheltenham we're all set up for um, here. Uh, Night salute, then. Okay, he gets the, the dreaded fourth vote of confidence from Dermot Nolan on the basis that he doesn't care what happens in the race. Which, uh, yeah, so he's rooting for us. You're a good man, Demo. Okay, well, Demo, do you care about the 315 at Doncaster? Handicap chase there. Where uh, two for gold. We'll head it for Kim Bailey with the likes of the, the Wolf. Uh, Felix is back for more. Jet um, is there. Sam Wadey Cohen, of course, riding in those uh, Wadey Cohen colours. Then we've Manx Raider, Mr. Muldoon, and Koto Rico. Uh, yeah, I think this 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 race again is actually rather straightforward. Um, Jet mm-hmm. is on one hell of a mark. The last time he was down at a, at a mark like this was he was two pounds higher in 2019, and he beat Alfred Azobo. But he's not the kind of horse that has like ridiculously lost his form either. You know, yeah. uh, eight in the Grand National last year. I know he's 47 lengths behind, but still, it, it still shows that he's alive and nothing wrong with that. And kicking and uh, four behind Delta Work. It, in February 2020, he's just, he's a very good horse. And he comes over here for Ollie Murphy, who can't seem to train a loser at the moment. And he's running here off 145 with Sam Willie Cohen on board, who I actually think is a cracking jockey. I'm a big fan of Sam Willie Cohen. So a race like this that I hope develops into a real slog because Jet will love it. He jumps great. And yeah, Dean, I think it's just that kind of straightforward. You know what? A seven to one, he, he's a cracking bet, I think. Love that sold. Um, I'll I'll buy whatever um that gets that that costs. I do like Jet for this. Sam Willie Cohen, Ollie Murphy, and as you say, they're bang bang in form. Kian. Um, yeah, shame I don't have the eight runners with the uh, the three places. But you I won't need to... him if you just back Jet apparently. So we're all good. <laughs> don't know about that, but um, I think two for goal is, is a bit tight at thirteen to eight at the top of the market. I'd be taking mm. him on. Um, if I was pushed for a bet, I'd back um Mansrader. He's won over course and distance, and he was second last time out. I reckon he'd be up there making the run with two for goal. And, um, he might outrun his odds of um, 10 to 1, but I wouldn't be massive, massive keen on anything in this race, to be honest, Dean. Too tricky. Uh, Mank Raider, though. Oh, it's just Mank Raider. <laughs> I don't know if it's Mance. It depends Mance, how they yeah, Mance Raider, it. I think. Mance Raider, yeah, for trainer Henry Hogarth and Jamie Hamilton, uh, currently trading at double figures for that 315 at Doncaster. Uh, Dave Weldon, are you feeling the support for Jet here, or are you looking at uh, what is, I guess, the class act, and rightly so, two for gold? Neither, Dean. Um, okay. I can see the angle with Jet. Like, he's a solid horse, um, but I'd just be worried that he doesn't really win enough uh, for all that he runs well um, he's only he hasn't won since uh, October 2019 um, the one I'm looking at is probably similar kind of profile hasn't won in a long time uh, December 18 actually now that I look at it but his last two runs fresh have been amazing so he finished fourth in the Paddy Power last year behind Cool Cody at 50 yep. to 1 and the year before he um, finished second behind Top Notch in the Peterborough Chase Cato Rico isn't it Cato Rico. That's a big, that's a, yeah, he, he's a big chance here. Big, big chance. Uh, he's been dropped. So uh, he ran off 142 in the Paddy, in the Paddy Power last year. He's now down to 138. Um, Tom Gretton 
he's, he's stable star, so he's going to be primed, ready to go. They've booked Brian Hughes. Um, he's outside of the field, but he's it's a tight enough market, so he's only 12, 12 to 16 to 1, wherever you shop. Um, I think he has an absolute massive chance. Um, again, a shame you don't take places, but I think you back him to win or you back him with the fab or whatever you want to do. But um, Colorico, his form fresh is too good to ignore. Um, so I'll be taking a chance on him. Outsider of the whole bunch, as we currently talk, is Corto Rico for trainer uh, Tom Gretton and jockey Brian Hughes will be aboard that. Now, he wouldn't ride that many on the weekend at that kind of price. So interesting runner is Corto Rico. But uh, I'd be with Demo, with Jet, and Kian has thrown uh, Manx Raider into the mix for Henry Hogarth and Jamie Hamilton. Okay, I think that's got us through um, the Saturday racing. And uh, plenty of it was, um, was was certainly of interest, I think, from a punting perspective. But it's nearly time for naps. But before we get to naps, I'll let the lads compose themselves by just wishing the former producer of the Race Hour podcast, Richard Delaney, all the very best on his uh, his trip across the waters, going to a new pastures. Um, we've certainly delighted having him as our producer on the Race Hour and wanted to give him a, a heart... Um, well, uh, yeah, a hearty uh, goodbye, I yeah, think, on, on the legend, show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolute legend. So fair play to him. And that's not just the podcast he did. All the video previews you've watched, the Cheltenham previews. Um, he's been the production guy and the visionary for lots of that stuff. So fair play to him. He will be missed. And now uh, Charlie Mullen will be helping us out with these things going forward. So welcome, Charlie. Goodbye, Richie. Okay, naps time. Uh, Demo, why don't you go first? Oof, I have a few here. Sorry, I was frantically kind of going through it all again just to see. Um, in indefatigable in the three thirty-five on um on Saturday with uh with just a mention for uh Barnavadon at um at forty to one as uh as my kind of outside bet as well. Yep, makes a lot of sense. Uh, really like that shout as well. Uh, okay, Keen. Give me, give me the good ones. Um, we haven't touched on Fairy House on Saturday yet, but there was a horse that was in my tracker for the um the beginners chase at twelve o'clock, yep. called um Gars de Soy. He was a really good novice herder last year. Um, I reckon Statler will be a short price favourite. Uh, he's forecast here as four to one. If he's that price, I think he's a a very good bet. So he's my nap. And again, just a big big shout. I thought I'd be laughed at, but putting up um locked or Rocco in the <laughs> yeah, two twenty five at Cheltenham. So. Um, big shout for me and Dermo for him at 25. I think he's worth a few quid as well. Yeah, there is the bones of a monster price. Uh, lucky 15 on this podcast this weekend, if anyone is getting involved. Uh, maybe leave out Blaster Komen, but maybe put him in, uh, depending on whether you're related to Dermot or not. Uh, Dave, Dave Weldon. Uh, yeah, just one I wanted to mention, Fairy House as well. Explosive Boy in the 137. It's a handicap hurdle and um, yep. one for it. Tony Martin and Brian Cooper, the old band getting back together. He runs off 109 here. Uh, he was fifth behind Utrecht in the maiden hurdle at Nace uh, uh, last month. Before that, finished third behind Choice of uh, Choice of Words. Martin Brazos did a good horse and finished third behind Blazing Cal in another maiden hurdle. Gets in here off 109. I think that's a very exploitable mark for a yard that is in good form. I had a winner last weekend. And for the, as regards to naps, I think uh, probably take it easy for Pamsley in the. Doncaster Racing is the 205. Um, I think uh, that horse is too big a price. Okay. Okay. I'm going to get mine out of the way good and early on Friday in the Glenfarclass um, cross country handicap chase. Plan of attack. Back it for this. 
they've had the cider and uh, and get on board for plastic home and reverse forecasting and we're minted well yeah you know i don't like to go against you demo but <laughs> it has paid it has paid the way going against plastic Coleman for some time <laughs> it was certainly <laughs> and, and even the times when i've been on board i wished i uh, i heeded uh, yeah, better advice. That's fair. so yeah this this will be the day that the 10 year old gets it done and jj slevin uh, there is no better man uh, to, to be involved in the saddle there on Blast Coming. But I do think Dara Keith and Henry de Bromham uh, should have it pretty much their own way there. They've also got Balco to flow in there, of course, in those crazy colours. Um, I will also give Zanzo a mention in that Racing Post Cold Cup, but it's a fascinating race. Just want uh, Zanzo to come good at some time. Okay, we are done. You've been listening to the Race Hour podcast, brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. My thanks go to Dem and Nolan, David Weldon, Keen Kirby. Uh, Richie Delaney is not here uh, to help us out this week. And uh, all the very best. We'll catch you all uh, next week. But for now, we'll leave you alone. You've been listening to The Race Hour, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk. Your best bet for tips, news and bookmaker reviews.